story with me Love who you want to be, who you are Learn these lessons and we'll go far It's story time Story time Story time with Mama G Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Storytime with Mama G Here I am the lady herself, Mama G, and I am being fabulous, of course. What else would I be being? And I hope you are all being and feeling fabulous too, because if you're not feeling fabulous, well, that's just a shame, really, isn't it? And maybe by the end of this podcast, you will be feeling fabulous, because that's what I'm all about, making people feel wonderful, So hopefully this podcast will turn your frown upside down. Of course, if you are already smiling, then I hope it will keep the smile on your face and not turn your smile the other way round. We wouldn't want that, would we? We just want smiles. Although we understand that not all the time can everyone be happy. I think I've covered all the bases there. Don't forget, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. You just need to search for at... Mama G stories to keep up to date with all my fabulous adventures. But today I have a glorious story for you. We are sticking with a little bit of Beatrix Potter and one of her most iconic characters this week. It's the tale of Mrs. Tiggywinkle. Once upon a time, there was a little girl called Lucy, who lived at a farm called Little Town. She was a good little girl, only she was always losing her pocket handkerchiefs. One day, little Lucy came into the farmyard crying. Oh, she did cry so. I've lost my pocket handkerchief. Three handkerchiefs and a penny. Have you seen them, Tabby Kitten? The kitten went on washing her white paws. So Lucy asked a speckled hen. Sally Henny Penny, have you found three pocket handkerchiefs? But the speckled hen ran into a barn clucking, I go barefoot, barefoot, barefoot. And then Lucy asked Cock Robin sitting on a twig. Cock Robin looked sideways at Lucy with his bright black eye, and he flew over a stile and away. Lucy climbed upon the stile and looked up at the hill behind Little Town, a hill that goes up, up into the clouds as though it had no top. And a great way up the hillside, she thought she saw some white things spread upon the grass. Lucy scrambled up the hill as fast as her stout legs would carry her. She ran along a steep pathway, 
up and up, until Little Town was right away down below. She could have dropped a pebble down the chimney. Presently, she came to a spring bubbling out from the hillside. Someone had stood a tin can upon a stone to catch the water, but the water was already running over, for the can was no bigger than an egg cup. And where the sand upon the path was wet, there were footmarks of a very small person. Lucy ran on and on. The path ended under a big rock. The grass was short and green, and there were clothes. Props cut from bracken stems, with lines of plaited rushes, and a heap of tiny clothespins. Oh, but no pocket handkerchiefs. But there was something else. A door straight into the hill. And inside it, someone was singing. Lily white and clean, oh, with little frills between, oh, smooth and hot, red rusty spot, never here be seen, oh. Lucy knocked once, twice, and interrupted the song. A little frightened voice called out, who's that? Lucy opened the door, and what do you think there was inside the hill? A nice clean kitchen with a flagged floor and wooden beams, just like any other farm kitchen. Only the ceiling was so low that Lucy's head nearly touched it, and the pots and pans were small, and so was everything there. There was a nice hot singy smell, and at the table, with an iron in her hand, stood a very stout short person staring anxiously at Lucy. Her print gown was tucked up and she was wearing a large apron over her striped petticoat. Her little black nose went sniffle, sniffle, snuffle and her eyes went twinkle, twinkle and underneath her cap, where Lucy had yellow curls, that little person had prickles. Who are you? said Lucy. Have you seen my pocket handkerchiefs? The little person made a bob curtsy. Oh yes, if you please. My name is Mrs. Tiggywinkle. Oh yes, if you please. I'm an excellent clear starcher. And she took something out of a clothes basket and spread it on the ironing blanket. What's that thing? said Lucy. That's not my pocket handkerchiefs. Oh no, if you please, that's a little scarlet waistcoat belonging to Cock Robin. And she ironed it and folded it and put it on one side. Then she took something else off a clothes horse. That isn't my pinny, said Lucy. Oh no, if you please, that's a damask tablecloth belonging to Jenny Wren. Look how it's stained with currant wine. It's very bad to wash, said Mrs. Tiggywinkle. Mrs. Tiggywinkle's nose went sniffle, sniffle, snuffle, and her eyes went twinkle, twinkle, and she fetched another hot iron from the fire. There's one of my pocket handkerchiefs, cried Lucy, and there's my pinny. Mrs. Tiggywinkle ironed it and shook out the frills. Oh, that is lovely, said Lucy. 
And what are those long yellow things with fingers like gloves? Oh, that's a pair of stockings belonging to Sally Hennypenny. Look how she's worn the heels out with scratching in the yard. She'll very soon go barefoot, said Mrs. Tiggywinkle. Why, there's another handkerchief. But it isn't mine. It's red. Oh, no, if you please. That one belongs to old Mrs. Rabbit. And it did so smell of onions. I've had to wash it separately. I can't get out the smell. There's another one of mine, said Lucy. What are those funny little white things? That's a pair of mittens belonging to Tabby Kittens. I only have to iron them. She washes them herself. There's my last pocket handkerchief, cried Lucy. And what are you dipping into the basin of starch? They're little dicky shirt fronts belonging to Tom Titmouse. Most terrible particular, said Mrs. Tickywinkle. Now, I finished my ironing and I'm going to air some clothes. What are those dear soft fluffy things, said Lucy. Oh, those are woolly coats belonging to the little lambs. Will their jackets take off? asked Lucy. Oh yes, if you please. Look at the sheep mark on the shoulder. And here's one marked for Gatesgarth, and three that come from Littletown. They're always marked at washing, said Mrs. Tiggywinkle. And she hung up all sorts and sizes of clothes. Small brown coats of mice, and one velvety black moleskin waistcoat. And a red tailcoat with no tail belonging to Squirrel Nutkin. And a very much shrunk blue jacket belonging to Peter Rabbit. And a petticoat, not marked, that had gone lost in the washing. And at last, the basket was empty. Then Mrs. Tiggywinkle made tea. A cup for herself and a cup for Lucy. They sat before the fire on a bench and looked sideways at one another. Mrs. Tiggywinkle's hand holding the teacup was very, very brown and very, very wrinkly with the soap suds. And all through her gown and her cap, there were hairpins sticking wrong end out, so that Lucy didn't like to sit too near her. When they had finished tea, they tied up the clothes in bundles, and Lucy's pocket handkerchiefs were folded up inside her clean pinny and fastened with a silver safety pin. And then they made up the fire with turf and came out and locked the door and hid the key under the door sill. Then away down the hill trotted Lucy and Mrs. Tiggywinkle with the bundle of clothes. All the way down the path, little animals came out of the fern to meet them, the very first that they met were Peter Rabbit and Benjamin Bunny. And she gave them their nice clean clothes. And all the little animals and birds were so very much obliged to dear Mrs. Tiggywinkle. So that at the bottom of the hill, when they came to the stile, there was nothing left to carry except Lucy's own little bundle. Lucy scrambled up the stile with the bundle in her hand, and then she turned to say good night and to thank the washerwoman. But what a very odd thing! Mrs. Tiggywinkle had not waited either for thanks or for the washing bill. She was running, running, running up the hill, 
and where was her white frilled cap, and her shawl, and her gown, and her petticoat, and how small she had grown, and how brown, and how covered with prickles. Why, Mrs. Tiggywinkle was nothing but a hedgehog. Now, some people say that little Lucy had been asleep upon the stile, but then how could she have found these clean pocket handkerchiefs and a pinny pinned with silver safety pins? And besides, I have seen that door into the back of the hill called Catbells, and besides, I am very well acquainted with dear Mrs. Tiggywinkle. The rather lovely story of Mrs. Tiggywinkle there. I do hope you enjoyed it. Now, I have to say, Mrs. Tiggywinkle, reading the story for you, brought some memories surfacing back into my head. Uh, some rather lovely memories, actually. One of them is of my great nana, who loved hedgehogs. And whenever we used to go and visit her in her little bungalow, I'd always be taken out into the garden to see the little houses that she'd made for the hedgehogs. And we'd check to see if there were hedgehogs in them. And she would give them milk. Now, that was a little while ago. And we do know now that you shouldn't give hedgehogs milk. I can't remember what you're supposed to give them. Probably water. In fact, you're probably just supposed to give them somewhere nice and comfortable to sleep and let them do the foraging themselves. But do not give them milk. But of course, back then, my nana didn't know better, as a lot of people didn't. That's why there's a big campaign not to give hedgehogs milk. It wasn't just my nana. And uh, she was very caring of hedgehogs. She's a rather lovely lady, from what I remember. And then the second memory I had is that when I was at primary school, Every so often, we used to raise money for a charity called Tiggywinkles. And I've looked Tiggywinkles up just now, and it is the busiest and most advanced free wildlife hospital in the world. It was started 40 years ago by a family in their back garden. And presumably, they started looking after hedgehogs very much like my nana. But now they look after all sorts of animals, but they are named after Mrs. Tiggywinkle from the tale of Mrs. Tiggywinkle. So not only will she do your laundry, but she is ensuring in her way that thousands of animals have been able to receive free treatment and health care. 
isn't that gorgeous. If you'd like to find out more information about the Tiggy Winkles charity, then you can go to sainttiggywinkles.org.uk. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say saint or if it's just ST. I'd love it if a hedgehog was a saint. I think that would be rather quaint, don't you? But now, we're, we're going to stick with the animal theme because now it is time for the book of the week. The book of the week this week is Pride Puppy by Robin Stevenson and Julie McLaughlin. 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 McLaughlin? Nope, McLaughlin. Sorry about that. I should have practised before I started recording the podcast. But, you know, I think I'll leave that in just so you know that I I am only human. Uh, Pride Puppy is the name of the book and it is published by Orca Book Publishers. It came out, oh, this week. It came out this week. Oh, I'm being terribly hot off the press. Oh, I wasn't expecting that because you see, I follow Robin Stevenson on Instagram and I have previously read one of her books and Robin has been doing wonderful work at promoting Pride Puppy. And it's perfectly timed because June is Pride Month and I am, of course, hosting my very own Pride, Mama G's Family Pride Party on July the 4th. You can get tickets from stanleyarts.org. The link will be in the bio. And I'm really hopeful that I will be able to read this book, actually. I'm very much looking forward to contacting Orca and finding out if I can get my hands on a copy. It sounds absolutely incredible. First of all, Julie's illustrations, I'm not saying her second name again, Julie's illustrations are bright and colourful and diverse and representative of all sorts of wonderful people. And the puppy looks terribly cute. So what happens is a young child and their family are at Pride. They're celebrating Pride in their town and there's a big parade. And they've taken their dog with them. But the dog gets lost in the parade. And they have to find the dog, of course. You wouldn't just leave the dog to wander around. But they have lots of help from all the wonderful and incredible people that you meet at a Pride. Now, first of all, that's a fantastic story. Second of all, it's told in rhyme and it's an alphabet book as well. That's like a double whammy. This book sounds so exciting. I I can't wait to read it and I love Robin Stevenson's work. The other book that I've read of hers is called Oh no, I've forgotten the name of it. It's very good. I've I've filmed it for my YouTube channel and I did a Facebook Live about it. Oh dear. Hold up, I'm going to pause and we're going to come back.
That's right, it was called Ghost's Journey, a refugee story. Um, do look up um, my reading of that on my YouTube channel because it is an absolutely beautiful book and a true story. And the story itself is incredible and a story of perseverance and love and it's just stunning. And I know that Pride Puppy is also going to be a very, very fun, fabulous, beautiful and important book because I think that everything Robin Stevenson does is important. So please do go and search for Pride Puppy by Robin Stevenson and Julie McLaughlin. I will, of course, put the link to where you can buy it in the bio to this episode. So go and take a look for Pride Puppy, published by Orca Book Publishers. Thank you so much for joining me today for Storytime with Mamajee. I hope you enjoyed the story and I hope you are able to go and find the book of the week. Don't forget you can find me on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Just search for at Mamaji Stories and very excitingly I do have live things happening live and in person. Isn't that great? Uh, June the 19th I will be doing Mamaji's Storytime Roadshow at Squish in Camberley. Shows are at 11 and 2 o'clock and you can get your tickets from camberleytheatre.co.uk. July the 4th is Mamaji's Family Pride Party and I am very busy organising a fabulous lineup that is going to be an in-person event, also online. Uh, if you'd like to book tickets for that, you just need to go to stanleyarts.org and whilst there is a ticket, uh, it's a donation and all the money will be going to Mermaids, the incredible charity that we supported last year. And uh, it's pay what you can, so please be as generous as possible. Uh, I have got other things planned for July that I can't tell you about just yet, but as soon as I can, I will. And then August the 14th and 15th, I will be at Glowworm Festival in Thorsby Hall with lots of your favourite CBeebies characters and also my personal favourite, Elma, the patchwork elephant. And I cannot wait to see everyone there. I believe the website, if you would like to book tickets, if there are any still available, is glowwormfestival.com. Uh, I am on Glitterbeam Radio every Sunday at 1pm with fabulous stories and songs. And of course, I am here every Friday with your next episode of Storytime with Mama G. If you are enjoying the podcast, please don't forget to rate, subscribe and review wherever you get your podcast. It is all very helpful. And I will see you next week. Goodbye. It's Storytime with Mama G. Come and hear a story with me Love who you want to be, who you are Learn these lessons and we'll go far It's story time Story time Story time with Mama Jean